This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You know, you might think about taking Jesus Christ as your savior instead of fooling around with all this stuff. Ah, Jesus. This is Dirt and Sprague. I like him very much. He no help trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. What the hell's going on out here? Well, Nick's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live was it a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. That's all we got. One damn hit. You can't say damn on here. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The Fan. The Summer Wind. All right, welcome back in Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Good morning. Happy Monday to everybody out there. I know some of you are fans of teams that lost. You're sick to your stomach. How dare our Cowboys? How dare our Bills? What are we doing? The Bills one's got to be the worst one, right? I'll give you a hot take. I, I think so. That of was the, the worst loss bases? of the playoffs. Yeah, that, I mean, that was that was bad. You could say, Sprague, yeah, Chargers really blew 27 nothing late, idiot. It'd be like, yeah, they weren't six-point favorites at home. No, and they, the Super yeah. Bowl favorite all year, Buffalo was. That's yeah. the worst loss of the playoffs. I'm sorry. I think everybody in NFL circles picked the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl this year, and they couldn't even get to the conference championship game. No. I, I did the weird thing where I bet a futures on them to start the year. I, didn't put, I think I put like $7 on it or something. They were 8 9 to one And... Uh, and then I pivoted when the playoffs started because I like Cincinnati. And we'll see if Cincinnati, what they could do against Kansas City. But, yeah, man, they, to, to do that, show up and play like that. Yeah. That was and rough. I, I mean, we talked about Dallas, what you do with McCarthy, what you're thinking about Dak. Like, I, I think the biggest Buffalo issue Buffalo should for be the, talking about this stuff, too. Yeah. The biggest issue for Cowboys is going to be the albatross of the salary that's left with Zeke, who clearly <laughs> does not have much left in the tank. That Was was this his last year, his last year on his deal? I think he still has one more. Does he have one more year? They're over the cap as it is wow. now. I mean, Tony Pollard's the better player. That, he had the better year, too. He had no thousand question. Yards. So now he's got, what, a fractured fibula or whatever the hell yeah, he broke so yesterday? Yeah, so he's got a yeah. three, four-month rehab. Let's see. Zeke has, oh, boy. Uh, they have a potential out after 2023. Yeah, I think he yeah. he's out. I think he's done. So I think, well, <clears throat> I think that's counting the whole season next year. I believe so. Okay. Like the 2023, yeah. quote-unquote, season. We just got through the 2022 season. But, yeah, it goes on for four more years after that. But he's not going to see the last three years of that contract. It's, it's just interesting in football because we do it in every sport. Like, when you have a disappointing end to your year, you don't want to overreact. But sometimes you got to react in some way. And you can say, how, how dare you suggest anything about Allen or McDermott. And, like, I get it. The success is... We've seen what the record is. Mm-hmm. Well, they missed Vaughn Miller because they didn't have a pass yeah, okay. rush. So he nothing, got yeah, so their 36-year-old pass rusher gets hurt, and, and, they and suddenly they can't do anything. they got consistent run game. They got, he's got, Josh Allen can't be your best running back and have to be the quarterback. Well, their offensive line looked worse than Cincy's, and Cincy was down three guys. Like, that was the most amazing thing. I don't know how that How happened. well the Bengals' offensive line I'm trying played. to wrap my brain around that. I don't know how to process that information. That but, was wild. You, could get, <laughs> you got that vibe instantly from the game. Like Burrow and company yeah. just... Just drove right down the field, got an easy tutty, and Josh Allen was under duress almost immediately. And you went, oh, this is this is reverse of what everybody was saying. Yeah, I, to have three offensive linemen be out to play that well, I am shocked by it. And, I, you know, look, this is we, – we, we opened the show today debating quarterback play. And Joe Burrow was undoubtedly now put him – like he is 
if not ahead of Allen, they're right there, right? It's like Mahomes and then Allen and uh, uh, Burrow. I think you got to give we got to give and Burrow more love. Give him credit, sure. Back to back AFC title games. It's one more than Josh Allen has been to. He's got a player better playoff record than Josh Allen. He's played better and bigger moments than He's Josh Allen. He's got the best receiving core of anybody. He left. does have the. But here's the thing about that win yesterday, and this is what's always funny to me. Like that's the initial reaction is, oh my God, Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, what a performance! And he was outstanding, Still outstanding Burrow. yesterday. It's a lot easier when you have like. Six but he had all <laughs> he had all day to throw the football. They were dominant running the ball. If you told me with three offensive line being uh, offensive linemen being out, they as a team were going to run for 172 yards on Buffalo. Mixon and Piran would have never believed you. And mm-hmm. some of that was him scrambling around. He had 31 yards of his own. He had a 21 yard scramble. Like he used his legs uh, uh, very well. But they won that game because they dominated the line of scrimmage. And Joe Burrow was a great piece to that because he kept them off balance and he could always beat you over the top if you put too many defenders up close. But they dominated the line of scrimmage. They did not allow Buffalo to run the football, something they struggled to do. They got after Josh Allen the entire game, and they ran the football whenever they wanted to. And when you can do that, and you have elite quarterback play to go with it, you're really tough to beat. But what Cincinnati did is a modern era where we give all the credit to quarterbacks, and you you push back on Brock Purdy, rightfully so. He's not the reason they're winning. And I'm not saying that about Burrow. Burrow, of course, is a huge part of them winning. Cincinnati is in this position, though, because their defense had a 98-yard scoop and score touchdown against the Ravens, and then they just held the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo to 10 points. Yeah. Like, imagine me saying that last week. They're going to hold him to 10 points. I wouldn't have believed you. I, I would have called you an idiot if you said that to me. Their defense was outstanding. The, um, yeah, I mean, look, you're you're right in a lot of ways. Yeah, Burrow having, and he said this after the game to his credit. He was like, that's the most complete team win we've had. All on every aspect of that game, they dominated. Offensive line, defense, special teams, anything they needed to do or wanted to do, they did it. They executed and he was a big part of that. He was throwing dimes, man. He was. He was throwing the ball perfectly on every single throw. And I, I'm not trying to scapegoat one player here. It takes a village. We mentioned, Swag mentioned the run game. Allen had some throw opportunities, and he was missing them, and he was missing them pretty badly. He was. Diggs was getting in his face a little bit. Diggs was getting pissed. Gabe Davis dropped a pass late that would have helped them kind of extend a drive to, not that they were going to win, but maybe make it a little more interesting they just for whatever reason they went into a funk and they did this kind of all year it was the one thing I, I liked about Cincinnati so much about last week when we talked about this game and why I rode the Bengals so hard the Bills are a good team they F around way too much and when you F around and you damn near blow games you blow leads I mean you you blew a 17 point lead to Skyler mother bleeping Thompson at home it's hard for me to take you seriously. And I kind of agree with Peter King in his article. I know Kansas City isn't scared of Cincinnati, but I, I feel like I feel like Kansas City would rather have played Buffalo than Cincinnati because there is a Cincinnati problem there. They've won three in a row against them. They, they won the AFC Championship there last year. They ain't coming in this year anymore afraid because Mahomes is going to be hobbled. He'll be 60% at best. I, I kind of agree with that statement. I think they would have rather seen Buffalo at a neutral site than Cincinnati come to their stadium because Buffalo's got something about Kansas City in the playoffs, whereas <laughs> Cincinnati got past them just last year. So, I mean, it's 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 a fascinating thing, man, because they don't have a run game, and yet Josh Allen missing throws and – I don't know. I don't their know what to do with hor- that. Their defense was horrendous their, yesterday. Their defense too, like. was overrated all year. Honestly, even yeah. Von Miller was a big part of that. But I kind of always felt like their defense was overrated all season. Uh, and by overrated, I mean more middle of the pack than upper echelon. And Cincinnati punched him right in the mouth yesterday, really from the get-go. There was never a point of doubt, I think, in that game. No. At least from my vantage point as a Bengal better, I'm like, oh, my God. I think I'm going to win this bet. I thought that in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, they went touchdown, three and out, touchdown, three and out, like just right out of the gate. They scored like five of their six possessions just to, <laughs> like, for the game. They scored on them. I mean, and you, you even had a moment late in that game where it was still, what, 24 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and they had a third and 10. Buffalo blows a timeout to try and discuss what do we want to do defensively. Dear God. And then you don't cover the- 
who's a late releasing tight end out of the, you know, blocking, blocking, releases wide open, nobody within 15 yards of him, and yeah. you give up an easy conversion. And they blew a timeout in the process, too, and they eventually yeah. push it to a three score lead. They were, you know, I, I know Von Miller is old. He's up there in age. They had the number four pressure rate when he was healthy and mm-hmm. playing. That dropped to 24 without him, but yeah. that's been a thing for them for a long time, and they haven't been able to replace it. I, I do like to make sure to point out, because Josh Allen and, and McDermott are going to catch a lot of flack for this, and I, I get it. You lose in playoffs. This is how quarterback and head coach legacies are defined. What do you do in the biggest moments? I also think it's a shared blame, right? Like their defense came out of the gate, and while not being elite all year, like to just get carved up and be zero resistance in the snow. Everybody was open by like eight yards. Why don't, I mean, there's just no challenge. They no. were running the football whenever they wanted. Burrow had all day to throw. When he didn't, he was able to move because it was basically one rusher. They had Jamar Chase on that opening touchdown. There's nobody within 10 yards of it. Just running wide open down the middle of the field. Just blown coverages. Yeah. And it was kind of that way the entire game. And so I like to make sure to point out that it does take a team to win. Joe Burrow had an elite defense around him. He had a dominant offensive line with him. That helps. That makes you look better as a quarterback as a to a defense that immediately puts you in a 14-0 hole in an offensive line that is making you essentially run for your life and not able to lean on a run game and have some balance offensively. But this is the, the, the sad reality for a lot of fans. You learn the hard way, and this is in all sports, but we always feel like things are a foregone conclusion. Like, well, Josh Allen is so talented. Buffalo has so many weapons. It's only a matter of time until Buffalo win, wins one. And that just isn't the case, man. They've been to one AFC title game in this stretch with Allen, who's now been playing at an elite, elite level for, what, four years now? They've been to one AFC title game, and they got smoked by Kansas City when they went there. Probably should have gone last year, but they couldn't defend for 13 seconds. And then to get embarrassed like this on your home field, it's not even close. That was easily the worst loss. And the most surprising loss that I can remember in a while. If you tell me Cincinnati wins, not surprised. I love Cincinnati playing plus five and a half all week. You tell me they cover, win. I'm not shocked at all. You tell me they go into Buffalo and they dominate you from start to finish. That that was shocking. The American Express tournament in La Quinta had far more entertaining value than that Buffalo-Cincinnati game, and never in a million years did I think that was going to be the case. Ben Solak on Twitter uh, you know, noted, like a lot of people are coming for McDermott and Allen. The reality is they're just not drafting or picking up guys at the rate that you kind of need to as you go along. Look, I, I, I don't... I don't want this to be all, well, this is just Josh Allen's fault. I mean, he wasn't great, but you're right. It takes a team. I mean, that being said, like, don't you kind of, didn't you view that game as is this team's going to jump Cincinnati or Kansas City next year? I, I think that's the tough thing you have to deal with in the AFC is all the great quarterbacks are in that side. Look at this weekend as the, the prime example of this. Mahomes and Burrow, one in 10 in the first round. Jalen Hurts. And Brock Purdy. <laughs> Look at the quarterback contrast in this. One mm-hmm. conference has the upper echelon quarterbacks. The other conference is kind of open and up for debate. And maybe it hurts now. Maybe it's so-and-so next year. We don't know. But in a conference where you've got that kind of quarterback play, man, your window can shut fast. And I'm not giving Joe Burrow all this credit that you know his team drafted well and his team got some guys in the right spots. Zach Taylor, I thought that was his best game. Without a doubt. But I do want to I do want to note Joe Burrow with that win yesterday tied the entire Bengals franchise for playoff wins. Yeah, he already had more than any other quarterback in franchise history before the game. Sometimes we get way too stupid with some of the takes in sports. I kind of agree with this take. You cannot quantify this other than just simply say it. You get the right guy at that position, and things kind of just break your way. And I think there is something to Burrow, his his cockiness, his kind of confidence that he carries within himself, his post-game interview with Wolfson, refund those tickets now. You ain't going to a neutral site game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just I love the nature in which he brings to the game. And, yes, he's got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, Hayden Hurst, and two great running backs, a good offense. Like He's got all that. But none of that existed before he got drafted. And some of that is just like, you can kind of just, a franchise can kind of just ride the wave when they get that guy. Look at Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They were kind of a wild card-ish team, nothing more about that. And then Mahomes steps in, it's like, hey, Hill and Kelsey, offensive line. It's like, well, yeah, because once the quarterback starts playing elite, <laughs> everything else kind of falls into place and works itself out. So I thought that was a huge kind of sign yesterday between uh, Burrow and, and Allen where I'm like, if I'm a Bills fan, I'm like openly wondering, 
is our what's our window now? Like, what is the window with Kansas City and Cincinnati there? I think the thing you wonder if I'm a Bills fan, what I'm wondering now is is, is similar to what I I brought up when the Chargers lost, and that is I look around the rest of the AFC and I see all these stud quarterbacks who are paired with really smart, offensive minded head coaches. And Sean McDermott is not that. And I think McDermott's a good head coach. No, but he's a defensive guy. But he's though. a defensive guy. And there there was a difference this year with Josh Allen without Brian Dayball. His yes, turnover problem came back. And it was like there were throws that he would make that looked like the Josh Allen of early in his career. And to me, that would be my biggest red flag is Ken Dorsey might get a head coaching job. He might be moving on. We'll wait and see how that plays out in the offseason for him. But when you're constantly kind of having to turn over offensive coordinators, this is why when you have one of these elite quarterbacks, I'm always a big proponent of having the offensive coach to go with it because there's not a threat of him leaving and having to learn a new system and all that, new language. That would be my biggest fear for for Buffalo and, and, and where they're going. There's no doubt that Burrow is the dude. He's going to be the dude. He's, he's in that top echelon of, of quarterbacks. And I think the storyline that I did not give enough credit for over the last couple of weeks, they felt spurned by the NFL. In the aftermath of the DeMar Hamlin thing, the way that it played out where the owners voted to ratify the rules at the end of the season because there were already rules in place, they, they felt like they had a chance to beat Buffalo in that game, and that game this weekend would have been in Cincinnati if they won. Then they had to do a weird coin, or they would have had to do a weird coin flick thing with uh, with Baltimore if they lost in Week 18. You could tell that pissed them off. As you mentioned, the Burrow comments after the game, Zach Taylor had a great quote after the game saying something similar, like, sorry to spoil your travel plans, everybody, but you're not going to Atlanta. Like They use that as fuel, and it doesn't take these athletes and teams much that was the slight motivation that they needed and they seem to be on a mission right now man what more on this game coming up more on the eagles win the dominant win over the giants the conference championship matchups what is a catch that's another thing i would like to answer i i thought i knew what a catch was i don't think i know what a catch is (laughs) Uh, we've got audio as well but uh, let's get to the blazers they lose to the lakers last night blew a 25 point lead we'll talk about that next on the fan sing you a song well, unfortunately, over the weekend, we lost the wonderful, the great Bill Shonley. Passed away at the age of 93 years. Hell of a life. Great life. 93, voice of Rip City, the mayor of Rip City. Got to get him a statue. I've been to the Lakers uh, Staples Center or Crypto uh, yeah, Con Artist.com Arena, it, whatever it is. Deserves a statue out there. At Chick the Hearn has one. Why not? Dave yeah. Niehaus has one yeah. at Safeco. Yes, yeah. he does. Why would you not do that when a guy's alive? I, the Blazers are weird with what, we what they do with that stuff. Like, they'll retire everybody's jersey the first 20 years of existence and then retire <laughs> no, nobody's no. jersey the next, like, 30 years. Statues I'm, don't exist. It's 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 kind of an odd thing how they've handled some of that stuff. Yeah, we don't have any statues, do we? No. No statues. We have one. We have a fire thing. Yeah, the fire <laughs> thing's cool. With the water spouting. The yeah, yeah. We have yeah. the Rip City sign now in front of the Moda Center. We're yeah, you're the eye. Huh? Isn't there a Walton statue out there or something? Maurice Lucas. Any, pick anybody you want. I don't yeah. care. How do you not have the enforcer setting a screen on somebody <laughs> looking down at him like, bitch? Maurice Lucas punching somebody in the face. That'd be a great statue. <laughs> they didn't even give him the, the, the moment to honor him until he was 92 years old. It didn't even happen until last year. Well, to be fair to them on that, I, he, he was still kind of an active ambassador. He would go to the games. I, you and I saw him a lot when we used to we go did. to the games. We can't yeah. go to the games anymore because we're early risers. But, <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I got to be honest with you. I had a little bit of regret. I thought the Blazers did a killer job on the um, the video that they played yesterday after the game. I thought that was outstanding. That was classy. Kind of brought a tear to my I didn't know him. I saw him like eight times. Never introduced myself. I was too intimidated. Way too intimidated. I was like, that's Bill Shonley. He's going to have no idea who I am or what I do, nor will he care. I'm just going to watch him from afar and be in awe. That's Bill Shonley. That's Bill Shonley. But I always heard great stories. Obviously, uh, a light, you know, longtime community member here and started with the franchise and had such a great career. And uh, it's not that it's surprising that he passed away at 93. That's a, that's a long life. It's yeah. It was just like oh they and they lost one of their longtime camera guys in John Curry. Yeah, that was the one that was surprising because he's a little younger than Sean yeah. Lee, but he'd been with the organization for 39 years. I knew him a little bit. I'm not claiming to be friends with him or anything, but like I'd see him at games. He'd say hey, and he was really nice guy, and that was really unfortunate as yeah. well. So, uh, R.I.P. to Sean's yep. and John Curry. I gave I I did have a few Shonleys in the uh, in the pilots broadcast on Saturday as an homage to There you him. go. Yeah, paying some respect to so him. So we get we got a Rip City. We got a Lickety Brindle up the middle. There you go. No that bingo was, bango bongo. I got a bingo bango bongo. Did they make their too. free throws? Uh, they did make their free <laughs> throws on Saturday. There Somebody, uh, I think it was Lynch, does poll questions for the team now that he works for him, and he was like, 
Blazer poll question. Which phrase do you most associate? And it was all the pro typical ones, and I responded, other standard TV and appliance. Because <laughs> <laughs> I still see the commercials, and that's what I hear in my head is Bill Shonley saying it exactly how yeah. he said it. Yeah, broadcasting-wise, he's a little bit before our – because when was his last year broadcasting games? 98? 98. 97, right? Yeah. He was calling Sabas games. He, well, yeah, he yeah. was. Uh, but, I mean, before there was – regional sports networks and ESPN and blazer cable. Uh, he, he put me to sleep a lot of nights with my radio on in my bedroom, going to bed for blazer games. Yeah. Cause those are late games, eight, and nine, 10 yeah. years old. And, uh, so I'm sure that much of what I do, you know, calling games is influenced by him. It, there's no other way. There's always people like him in your life, whether it's one person or a lot that just kind of, inspire you or, or kind of find that part of you that's like, I want to do something like that. He's so good at his job yeah. and he seems like he's having a great time. I want to do that job someday. Yeah, and that's 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 what Sean's was. And so I thought kind of everything they've done so far, they did an exceptional job with it and and paying that off last night with that like, video. Except how they played in the second half. <laughs> Half the third and fourth quarter. It seemed like it was lining up for a perfect Sean's night, wasn't it? They got off to a horrible start. They were up by 20-something yeah. points. And then points. they played like, the greatest quarter oh my in God. franchise history. They're going to do this for you Sean's. You heard me talk about a quarter in a Spurs game back when I was in college. Yes. And they, they outdid it. So the, the Blazers won that game or that quarter, first quarter against the Spurs Thanksgiving weekend in 1990. And they were just lighting them up. And they were up by 30. They outscored them by 31 in the quarter. And they outdid that yesterday. And they outdid that yesterday in that second quarter. Yeah, plus 32-point differential. Quite literally, the greatest statistical quarter (laughs) in franchise history was led by a 25-point collapse in the second half to the just bottom-tier Los Angeles Lakers who have to rely on a 38-year-old guy to score 40 (laughs) points and do things he used to do pretty regularly to do that now is they're just chugging along and hoping to make I have a question. Can yeah. we trade Nurk for Thomas Bryant straight up? Is Who's that possible? Thomas they would ask for a first round draft pick. <laughs> I'll give it to you. <laughs> what else? What else do you want? Their head coach yesterday before the game, and yeah. I almost tweeted this. Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham said yeah. before the game that Nurkic <laughs> is like his favorite NBA player of all time. I was something stupid like that, and my initial reaction was, "Who can? Who do you have on your roster? Call you'll give us get on the phone. anybody. Anthony Davis. He can't stay healthy. I don't care. We'll trade you. Who do you want? We'll take any." Anything. You take Nurkic. We'll take whatever you want to give us. Swag. Hell, Troy Brown Jr. still in the NBA. That's yeah. a fun fact I learned yesterday. I, look, Swag, you ask who is Thomas Bryant. He was a middle-of-the-road role guy in Washington for a garbage franchise, and now he plays with LeBron James, and you love him. <laughs> That's who Thomas – look. What do you have, 34 and 13 or something? 31. 31 and 14. He was 12 of 15 from the floor. Yeah. And he hit like four, four or five threes. threes. Yeah. Four or five threes. They finished the first half on a 45 to 13 run, and they lost the game. They were outscored by 20 in the third quarter. All of the, They gave up essentially the entire lead by the time the fourth quarter came yeah. back. Yeah. I, I, I... No. They're, uh, they're it... the third worst team in the West, guys. It's yeah, bad. no, this is, this is uh, bad. Real we bad. can go back however many years and each of this is the time where I check out. Yeah, this is where you usually say, I'm not watching another game the rest of the year. They win eight games in a row. You have a comment <laughs> on them because you watch the game. Yeah. That is our favorite time of the year. But, you know, I've had people tweet and you said it earlier, the tank, should we just tank? And I'm like, well, they're not going to tank. They're not going to tank, but, but they are. They're don't tanking have to try. without trying. Well, this is the thing. Quick said it on on primetime last week. I've said it before. Uh, you just at some point, the way the NBA is, you cannot run out three guys six four or smaller in your backcourt, and doesn't work. You know, Grant has been Jeremy Grant's been fantastic, and ha- if the team didn't stink, would probably get an All Star reserve bid. But he's even six eight and slight as a four. When you play these teams that their backcourt is six five and six eight, and they're all I approaching mean, seven feet yeah. in the front line, what what are they supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, and you have a center that yeah. is the softest thing, and he can't stay on the floor because he gets in foul trouble. And he gets in foul trouble. We we didn't even talk about Philly. Philly was on Friday. Yeah, they got their ass kicked by Philly, yeah. and they came back and got it within like six. They still lost the game, and they were they were largely getting blown out in that one. I think they had one of their worst halves I've ever seen. They had yeah, the first half, half they couldn't shoot. I mean, what? 
I, I, I don't know what you do here. There's a lot of like conversations that are going to pop up in the next couple weeks because the deadline, Kevin O'Connor of the ringer, he asked what should Portland do at the deadline, buy, make the moves to improve, sell deal vets like grant, blow it up, trade Lillard, stand pat, do nothing big. 54% are saying blow it up and trade Lillard. That's coming from perspectives of, we'd love to have Damian Lillard in our city. <laughs> sure, yes. Sure. But like, realistically, it's not that this year was about being a title contender or being a great Western Conference playoff team. But you wanted to see improvement. But this this is another level that I don't I don't think even Cronin as honest and standoffish as he was about setting expectation. I don't know if he saw it getting this bad. This is awful. Their one Dallas win, their two Dallas wins are the outlier in what they've been for over a and month. And Luka now. didn't play it's in the second one. That, man. I, they, I mean, they started 10-4, and four, and since then they are, what, 11-21? and 21? I mean, you're talking about being below 10 games below 500 over a 30-game-plus stretch in the NBA. Like You're one of the worst awful. teams in the league. I mean, the reality is the numbers say you're one of the worst yeah. teams in the league just going by record. Without a fluky start, where would you be? And they got out of the gate. Yeah. They won a couple of those games without Dame. Remember a couple of the game winners in Phoenix? They had a game winner in Miami. Like That was a part of their crazy hot start. Without that, they are over 10 games below 500 since then, and they're sinking like a stone. This, like I think sometimes throughout the regular season, you have to try and balance the there's going to be ebbs and flows, there's going to be ups and downs, and you don't want to overreact. When you have more of a 30, more than 30-game sample size of you playing horrible basketball, that's pretty big. That's almost half your damn season. Like I, I can't, We can't overlook this anymore. There, there are significant issues with this roster. There are significant issues with this coaching staff. It just ain't working. I, you know, I don't know what the answer is if you want to fire Chauncey if you want to tr- make a big trade blow it up I'm still not on board with blowing it up but something's got to change because this is just horrendous basketball I'll give them points for creativity at least they're finding new and creative ways to lose but it is depressing as hell right now well let me get th- I want to get to this Dame audio what is blowing it up in your mind real quick for me well I think for most fans blowing it up is trading Lillard and starting over let's get a bunch of draft that's, picks and, okay that's what I think their definition of I, I'm you know how I feel I, I would love to see them trade an undersized guard and pair something else with Damian Lillard. Yeah. That's a little bit bigger, a little more size, a little more athletic, you know, a little more length and all that. I, I would love to kick the tires on that trade. Uh, Billups was asked, this is from Hike, and I'll get to the audio here in a second. Billups was asked if you consider more significant lineup and rotation changes, and he didn't exactly say no. Shaden is baby Kobe. I, I love the kid. He has moments where he's deers in headlight. Why is Nas playing 13 minutes? He's six foot eight. He's hyper athletic. He can provide that spark right. that you need. I thought he was great in the second quarter last night. Uh, he was also asked if the team is still listening to him. If he's reaching him, he said, quote, yeah, I do. A lot of times when we get into these situations, to me, it's a lack of experience, end quote. <laughs> I mean, Lillard's been in the league for a decade. Hart's been around for six years. Jeremy Grant's been a starting and a big pro for however many. Nurkic has been around for almost a decade. I mean, uh, Ant's the only guy in your starting lineup, I guess you could argue. But doesn't he, have a ton of experience, but he's his fifth year. It's his fifth year in the NBA. GP was just the difference maker in an yeah, NBA I, Finals. Like, what are we talking about? I, I, I Look, I don't put everything on coaching, but like I just say like this is not going well, and his – his message is becoming stale and redundant. It's the same thing every now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, What's exactly. wrong with the team? Well, you better figure it out. Five minutes ago, why are you not challenging a potential charge call on <laughs> LeBron that Josh Hart took? Like, those are the moments that I'm just like, dude, use do something. You're, yeah. do, you're not doing anything. Dame Lillard asked, uh, I don't want to just credit Quick to the question, but he was part of it. So maybe it was just Quick. Maybe it was other people, to be fair. But here is an exchange. I tried to turn Quick up because Quick cuts in in the middle here. Dame being asked about the trade deadline and making trades. I don't here think is it's how fair Dame for y'all to be asking me these questions right now. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. I think that's kind of a weak move. Um, you know, it's our team is struggling. You know, and I've been transparent about our struggles and stuff that we could do better. But y'all, put, y'all put that's y'all putting me in a position to to you know answer questions that I don't think is cool, man. Well, because a lot of this I understand. I understand. I understand that. No, I understand that. But, you know, there, there's people that you can ask those questions to. You know what I mean? And even if even if even if it is on me or whatever, they could answer your questions. So even if they did ask me a question and I gave them my opinion, you know, I'm sure they're going to give you whatever answer that they give you based on what reality is. But I'm saying I don't think it's cool for y'all to to be putting me in that position, you know, especially after a tough loss, we in a tough stretch like that ain't cool. You know what I mean? And I answer all y'all questions, and you know, y'all. That's to me that that feels like just a lack of respect to put me in that position. 
Dame Lillard does not want to be asked about the trade deadline. Not happy. Look, tempers are going to flare. You're going to, you're not in a great mood. Your team's playing like crap. He's he's had back-to-back rough games now. He was really bad against Philly the other night. It was it was not great last night. Got to the foul line a bit. Um, I I understand his frustration and his and his temper, but I also get from the media side of things like things things are going horribly wrong right now. Yeah, and tough questions need to be asked. Yep. when things are going horribly wrong, so they're doing their job. But I I get why Dame is is pissed and frustrated. No, that's a that's the toughest part or one of the tougher parts about being an athlete is you you go through a stretch like this, and after every game, you got to go sit down with microphones and cameras in front of your face and talk about it. That that cannot be enjoyable. Seven thirty one. Back with more dirt and spray on the fan. Well, let's read a couple of thoughts at the fan. Text line, shall we? Talking about the Blazers. Somebody, uh, Eagles fans chiming in, calling me an idiot. So I appreciate that. I am an idiot. I like the Giants last weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Eagle fan, loud and proud oh, today, yeah, baby. You're going, you're, you're. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah. You're doing a lot of that this week. Uh, somebody said, I'd rather have 120 plus point Terry Stotts offense with no defense than a no offense and failing Billups defense. <laughs> Yeah, we did that. We fired the guy that scored. Yeah, they scored a lot of points with Terry Stotts as their head coach, and uh, they were always bad defensively. Mm-hmm. Part of that was, you know, you got two guards who don't play defense, and it's going to be hard to be good defensively when you have two guards that don't play defense. And now they've built a team around two guards that don't play a lot of defense, and they're not as good offensively as they were. Yeah, we need to I've, – I've watched this team all year. I, I got, I, I'm stopping. I'm stopping the whole defensive metrics thing. Defensive metrics are imperfect. They're very hard to, to judge. Yeah. I've seen this with my eyes. It's not a great defensive team. They have moments. They have moments. There's no doubt. They play Swag. So you mentioned the update. They play the Spurs tonight. Yes. They should win that game. Like they're, they're going to win tonight. by eight. Yeah. The Spurs suck. The Spurs are hitting the tank hard. That's a good win by Yama loss, though. Uh, it's a great win by Yama. It's, yeah, it's actually a win for the Spurs by losing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, despite them winning tonight, that's not going to make up for what we've been seeing. And we're not seeing something good. I'm not seeing a lot of great defense here. And when you don't have good defense and your offense gets stagnant, it just makes things even worse. They said Krona needs to go full Jackie Moon and just trade Nurkic to the Lakers for a washing machine. I think I'd sign up for that. (laughs) Uh, Another one, two starters worth keeping are Dame and Grant. There isn't another player on the roster that I wouldn't trade, and there isn't a coach in the building that I wouldn't let go. I mean that's kind of how I, I you don't want to be too drastic and and over dramatic in certain things. That that's that sums up kind of how I feel right now. Of all the guys I'd be willing to listen to, everybody on the roster outside of those two. Yeah. What do you, what do you get to offer me? I love Shaden. I think he's got a bright future. But if you're going to offer me something crazy in return, it gives me a chance to win with Dame. I'd listen to that. Like you can always bottom out and rebuild whenever you have to. There's a lot of teams in the NBA that are going through that right now. Um, and the same thing goes for the coaching staff. Like I'm trying to identify this. You know, we've been kind of this has been a woven theme throughout the season. What is Chauncey Billups good at? What What is his strength as a head coach? Because for all the faults that Terry Stotts had, and he had a lot of faults. He wasn't. I thought he didn't play his young guys right away. He He was too quick to pull the trigger on taking them out of the lineup when they made a mistake. Like defensively, again, we get it. They weren't great defensively, but he at least had a calling card. His calling card was he was a great offensive coach, and you're going to score a ton of points when he's your head coach. And sure, it would be frustrating to lose a game 131 to 128 occasionally, but at least there was a strength there. There was something that you can lean on. And I I just I don't know what that is with Chauncey Billups. And last year was unfair to him. They tanked. Dame got hurt. They traded CJ. They bottomed out. Like that you throw that out. That was not a fair indicator of how he was as a coach. This year you've had mostly a healthy roster. They missed Dame for a bit at the start. I know Winslow has missed some time. GP2 is now coming to the lineup. But for the most part of your core guys, they've been healthy for the majority of the season. I, like, What is his strength? Does anybody know? Um, he always has his quarter zip exactly where it probably should be. It, it is a perfect it's, height. It's not zipped to the top. Yeah. It's not zipped. Uh, it's not unzipped. It's like right exactly where it should be. Not too high, not too low. Yeah. Other than that, I, I really can't. I can't nail down what you're looking for here. I don't think their offense is uh, very good to the point where he started with pick and roll after saying they weren't going to do the same stuff they did with Terry, and then he abandoned it, and now he's come back to it. I don't think he's doing anything for them defensively. And by the way, he wasn't a great defender. He was on a great defensive team. Uh, he admitted as much in his press conference that, yo, I, like, I'm, I don't really know as much about defense. <laughs> and we just glossed right over that. Yeah, ben Wallace and Rip Hamilton. She, Ta- I mean, Tayshaun Prince. Tayshaun Prince. I mean, so dear God, good, uh, they had some dudes. Um, he doesn't do much, right? Like, I, I'm, I get why people don't like him. And I, 
I think, unfortunately, they're going to be stuck with him for at least another year unless they're going to surprise everybody and break a contract. But Or unless Jody sells the team and you get somebody that cares in there. Well, I guess I just I don't know what what is the objective, because I thought the objective was to make the playoffs and they're only a game and a half out. But the teams in front of them are teams that are around the same level, but they're better. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I don't know whether they're going to get the play in or make the playoffs. It certainly doesn't look very good right now, given what we've seen for what you mentioned, 30, 31 games. But I don't know what their objective is anymore. And, you know, Joe told us this on the show. He told me this on the pod, like. When you openly are balancing vets with youth, it can be difficult. And we're seeing some teams fr uh, uh, struggle with that. But you have to get to a point where you evaluate it. And if you're really trying to win in the Dame era, you're really going all in for Dame. I'd imagine some pretty big moves have to be made where maybe you're not even as excited to make them, but you know the return makes more sense roster-wise. And, and I'm okay with Dame being mad. I'm also okay with the media asking the questions. But the reality is we're to that point mm -hmm. because the coach is not doing anything different and the team just isn't good. Like, no matter how you break this down, they're not good. 10-4 and four was fun. You know, I felt stupid at yeah. the start of the year. Like, man, I couldn't have been more wrong. But how many of those games were one-possession games? Yeah, you had a game-winning game shot. Shots, yeah. Like, those go the other way and you're 8-6. and six. I mean, you're three games worse than They're you are four now. They're 12 in their last 16 games. That's that's a lot, man. Like That's, that's a, a long time chunk. in the NBA. And here's the funny thing. They're only three games out of fifth place. Yeah, but like I I, I can't say that anymore. They're not going to yeah, fall below the Spurs, who are seven games no, below them. But we got to stop doing this. Yeah. They're only three. They're not winning consistently. No. They, don't, they don't challenge teams like Philly, and they can't even put away teams like the Lakers. I'm not going to conclude that they're going to go on some 20-game winning streak. No. Maybe the schedule will clear up for him post All Star break, but until but that if, point, this is just—they're just stuck in this. Whatever if you're a this team is, that still consistently <laughs> believes and rides the three-point shot. That's what they're trying to set up. Be a perimeter team. You have to be able then to play defense at a level that can sustain you when the shots aren't falling. And that's—that's that's been that was during the Terry Stotts era, and that's what's going on now. They went nuts. They couldn't miss. Simons had another quarter in the second quarter, and then they couldn't hit them in the second half, and they couldn't play defense. They weren't big enough. They weren't physical enough to keep the Lakers from getting to the rim. And so it's it's really roster sort of stuff. I, I don't – it starts with the roster for me at this point until either Chauncey does some of the things, puts Gary Payton into the starting lineup – and does some things that way to put a more defensive lineup, oriented lineup out there rather than what he's doing. He's not tweaking the starting lineup, which tells me all I need to know. Like, yeah. how well, are you watching where, this and doing nothing? Yeah, that I think is the most frustrating part to me. Like, you can messaging is important. And, you know, we did this kind of with Zach Wilson right throughout the course of the year. Hey, did you let the defense down today? No. It's like, how do you say that after a game in which you suck butt the entire game? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Like, for Chauncey to continually come out when it's been a 30-plus game stretch of you sucking and to say, I don't have the answer, I don't know what's wrong, do drastic changes need to be made, I don't know, like, something, anything, try it. Changing the start. Like, I don't care if Anthony Simons gets buttered about getting put to the bench. Sit his ass, bring, him to, bring his ass off the bench. You, you know what you're, like, in last place in the NBA? I don't know this 100%, but I'm pretty sure you're close. Bench points. You're one of the worst bench scoring units oh, yeah, in the entire NBA. Yeah. Hey, maybe that's a help. You put GP2 in the starting lineup, it gives you more defense. Yeah. You put Anthony Simons on the bench, you get more bench production. Well, they're not You can stagger their money. See, and this is why it's dumb. Why not? Because, because it's not working. Try something. They're doing literally nothing and watching them lose everything. Every single game. Because, Dirt, you're not benching the guy you just gave $100 million to. That just is not how the league operates, man. There's been one and one Ginobili ever. There ain't going to be another. <laughs> there should be another. Well, sh maybe there should be, but there's not. And no matter how people feel about Ant, whether he should be traded, whether he stays, I don't know. But he ain't going to the bench. The bench move is taking Josh Hart and putting him to the bench. But then, again... Even though it might help, I'd be willing to try it. I've been yelling for it for weeks. Maybe it wouldn't change much putting GP in Josh Hart's place. I mean, that's a whole other thing for me. Where you're, I know GP two plays bigger than his than his size, but you're starting three guys under six foot five. I just I feel like I'm that kid from Neverending Story, and the Blazers are the horse in the mud. 
Our tax. You have to care. You have to try. And they're just sinking slowly, and I'm just sitting there watching it. That's what I feel like right now. It's the same movie and over and over and over again. Uh, a couple more thoughts here quickly. Somebody said two small guards plus a center who quits in three out of four games is not the answer. Tend to agree with that. He had one good game and then told Danny that he was deleting social media because he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna care about that anymore. He's gonna focus on the game. He's been butt since that. A lot of butt. Uh, somebody just texted in trade ant, trade ant, trade ant over and over and over again for about six text messages. Uh, RJ said, I uh, took my nine-year-old to the game last night, and we wanted to honor the Shans. Yeah. And boy, did we come home with some memories. <laughs> Man, how loud do the Laker fans get in that arena when they start winning? God, that was the worst part, too, is that it's the Lakers. It's Patrick Beverly mocking oh, Dame again, God. which give him credit. Like, he's a good WWE heel. That was kind of funny. Oh, he, he knows who he, he is. He knows exactly what yeah. he's doing, and he yeah. gets you riled up every single time. Yeah, but you it made it even Nas worse. Or Drew lay him out. But. Yes. But you got to appreciate a guy who knows he's a villain and goes, all right, I'm going to lean into it hard. I'm just going to yeah. be the villain. Like, Draymond tries to explain why he's a villain, whereas Pat Bev is just continuing to be a villain. <laughs> he just trolls. And there's no shame. Like, he'll celebrate a play-in win like they won a championship. People, He doesn't care. There's no shame in his game. I just, I think you're to a point as a franchise, you get to the deadline, I don't I don't expect them to move heaven and earth at the deadline. If anything, I think they make a middle-of-the-road move, and they go, oh, we'll see what this is. Yeah, and that's what they're going to do. Maybe they get to the play-in, and maybe they become the eight, seven or eight seed who gets their ass kicked in round one. But I just... They, as a franchise, need to truly evaluate. And by as a franchise, I mean the front office because the owners has no idea what's going on. They need to evaluate what they want. Do you want to win with Dame? you got to make a necessary, huge yep. swing. In this league, man, that's what you got to do. you got to swing for the fences. And if you don't, you, you kind of just keep doing what, what Neil did. You were the same thing, right? It was a team that was good, not good enough. We all knew it wasn't good enough with two undersized guards, and they didn't make a change, a, a wholesome change forever. And it feels like they're, I don't want to say that they're there yet, but I don't want them to get to that same spot. We'll read a couple more thoughts here. We'll wrap up the Blazers talk. I want to get back into the NFL in the final hour. I didn't, we haven't talked about yet how wrong we were on the Eagles and Giants. Dear God, the Eagles absolutely blew them out. I haven't talked about Kansas City, Mahomes now with a high ankle sprain. So we've got some more to get to uh, in the NFL and uh, the final hour. Back after this on the all right, back into the NFL in the final hour. Having a bit of a therapy session this morning. It's needed. Uh, I saw this. Let me pull up the official number. So we talked about that was the best quarter in the history of the Blazers franchise. The second quarter, 45-13 was the final of that quarter. The Lakers became the first team to win a game in which it lost a quarter by 30-plus points <laughs> since the Celtics on October 20th of 1972 against the Buffalo Braves. Were you a big Buffalo Braves fan, Swag? Yeah, I was a big fan of Sven Nader. Yeah, Sven Nader. That's a great name, Sven Nader. That's fun. It's yeah. delightful. Hasn't happened since 1972, a team that won a quarter by 30-plus points. Do you know teams. who the uh, Braves became? I want to say the Clippers. That is correct. Yeah, there you go. Fun fact, when did they move to L.A.? Uh, they moved that? to San Diego first. Aha, that's right. When did they move to San Diego? San Diego. Late 70s. Yeah, 1979, I would say. Something like that, yeah. And, and then, then they went to L.A. Yeah. Now they're going to Inglewood. Aren't they building their own arena somewhere? Inglewood, up to no yeah. good. Yeah, Getting out by SoFi. Are they, did he, are they knocking down the forum? I don't think the forum's leaving. I think they still I, got the forum. Yeah. Oh, my God. And when they show those overhead shots of SoFi, the forum looks so tiny. It's tiny. <laughs> it <laughs> we went so to small compared to the, old, the new arena. We went to Pacto Media Day last year. Yeah. We we saw, we flew right past SoFi, and then you also see the Great Western Forum. Yeah. And, and you're, you're like, know. that was that was it in the 80s. That was the place that to be. That was the place to be, <laughs> yeah. and it looks so tired You ever now. wonder how much cocaine was done in that building? Too much. God. Oh. Probably more than people that could sit in it. <laughs> In weight, that'd be a book. If there was like the yeah. the the bouncer or if these hallways could talk, the forum club, <laughs> like the dude in the forum club, that's a book that I, I mean, would read. Did you you watched Winning Time? I mean, they're in the yeah. forum club. Yeah. Everybody's doing blow. Yeah, <laughs> ah, the eighties, hell of a time. Let's read a couple more thoughts here in the text line. People are people are venting their frustrations as they should. I want to let them vent. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see this. Uh, they will never be good until. And unless they trade their best asset for more assets, period. Mm. So I think that's a somebody wanting to trade Dame this morning. Uh, another one, we need to get Nurk away from the three-point line uh, when he's actually playing. The opponents do 
don't guard him out there. So even if he makes 35%, he's not grabbing rebounds. And the opposing center doesn't need to work on defense. I can also think of two times where he blocked another player's uh, cut by lurking around at the three-point line. So a push to get him off the three-point line. Another one, uh, problem is Ant can't handle big-time ball pressure, full court, and the offense doesn't get into the flow and gets stagnant. And then Ant goes one on five and chucks up a terrible shot. Uh, let's get two more quick ones in here. Uh, my challenge with the Blazers is this start is starting to eat me up. Is I love this group of guys. Wouldn't want to trade any of them, but I know that they can't go anywhere. And finally, if they make a push to the playoffs, they lose their first-round pick. Pushing for the playoffs this year would be foolish at this point. Swag, what did Ant have at half after he went just absolutely nuclear? In the, I mean, he couldn't miss. He was like NBA jam on fire type stuff as they blew out the Lakers in that second quarter. I want to say it was 45-13, I think, is how they ended the first half run. I thought it felt like he had like 20 in the 20 quarter. 20-something, right? That he finished be... with 31. He was yeah. really quiet in the second half. Well, the other thing that he doesn't do a lot of, and maybe some of this is being young and not having respect, like you look at his box score last night and you'll see he's he was having a great shooting night and he had like 27 points when I was watching the game and I was curious how he many was he eight had. Of, 8 of 11 in the first half, 6 of 8 from 3 for 22 points. So he most of that nine points. was in the second quarter. Yeah. But the rest of the game only scored 9 points. Um, but Lillard gets to the foul line when he's not having a good shooting night. Anthony Simons does not get to the foul line. Do you know what CJ's big problem was? <laughs> he didn't get to the foul line. And like, it was I, all on him. Well, yeah, if make or miss, and if you're not making, then you're not you're not producing offensively. Well, Ant, I don't I don't know if Ant attacks enough. I mean, he shot 20 shots, 13 of them were threes. So, I mean, zero free throw attempts is a problem. I'm not trying to pin last night on just Anthony Simons. Simons no. did not take a free throw last night. No, no he's zero for zero. There there are much there are a lot of problems with them. I think what we do though when we get to this point because they're going to win tonight and they'll be 22 and 25 and try to act like everything's okay and they'll figure it out now and now oh they found it they figured it out and then they'll lose the next game but you, you just have to evaluate what your direction is and outside of trading heart i i don't think nurk's nurk's not netting you anything great i don't know man like it's tough to say and i get people like him but ant should be in conversations it should at least be open dialogue of what could we get for him what would be included if we allowed him to be available? Yes. And, and if you don't do that, it's it's malpractice. I text quick. I'm like, dude, I, I just, I can kind of see, people are pinning a lot of the Dame CJ stuff on Ant. And some of it's unfair, but I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I kind of want to see Dame have a few years where his number two isn't a 6'3 guard. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of our people is just texting. The problem is you're starting three players under 6'6". Like, that's... You don't have a big lineup yet. That's the issue. Yeah. And we knew that size was going to be an issue. Your center is not a center. He's, He's soft. Nine. He can't finish around the rim, and oh, he gets into yeah. foul trouble. Yeah, Nurkage. Yeah. But even Grant is an undersized power forward. Josh Hart is an incredibly undersized small forward. He's a good rebounder, sure. And then you have two undersized guards that don't don't play a ton of defense. I don't care what numbers and metrics say. Don't let your eyeballs lie to you. We watch them. We right. know that they're not elite on the perimeter uh, defensively. And Drew Eubanks is a fun story. He's had some good moments, but he can get bullied inside because he's six foot nine. Yeah, like LeBron's bigger. At than At least him. he can block. He has athleticism block to block yeah. shots, yeah, and he that. goes after rebounds and plays his butt off. But I mean, he doubled Nurk's minutes last night. Yeah, and he, he was did. the guy in there in the fourth. Nurk was nowhere to be found in the fourth quarter. He played sixteen minutes last night. They, I mean, they just sat his ass down and never. I mean, he had some foul trouble, but they sat his ass down and never brought him back in the game. He had two points and three boards. <laughs> How much are we paying him a year? Uh, 18. <laughs> I've stood next to that dude. That's a massive human. To oh, have three yeah, rebounds yeah. is crazy. What are we doing? <laughs> Who do they play after the Spurs swag? Do you know that? Uh, I'll pull on, it up right here. Up here. I'm just kind of curious. They're like, an eight-point favorite, by the way, tonight, too. I, I, yeah, I, 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 they're going to win that game. The Spurs, again, are taking. Are we taking. sure about that? Yes. Uh, Utah, Toronto, and Atlanta wrap up the rest of the road trip. You or could, the homestand. Oh, you sorry. could lose all three of those games. And then you go to Memphis, Washington, and Chicago before coming home to play the Bucks and the Warriors. That you, is your stretch. You could you could win two or three of those. A couple of those are toss-ups. I don't know where they're going to ultimately finish in that stretch, but Yikes. I mean, this all really started on that road trip where they they opened that win against San Antonio, and then it started with a blowout loss to Dallas. You you found a way to beat Houston, but your only wins in the middle of that were Houston, Charlotte, who, I mean, talking worst teams in the NBA, Detroit, one of the the worst, I think Detroit's the worst team in the league. Uh, You did get Dallas in the one game, and then you got Dallas shorthanded because they rested Luka on the second half of a back-to-back. So you have one quality win since 
And I would say that first Dallas win was a quality win going back to maybe your wins over Minnesota in early December, but Minnesota's not a not an elite team. Well, the crazy thing is if their goal is to make the playoffs, even getting in the play-in is not an accomplishment. Like, I don't know if you'll win that. Right now in the play-in is Phoenix, Minnesota, Utah, and Golden State. <laughs> I'm not picking you to beat any of those teams I don't teams know if right you're now. beating. I mean, you beat Minnesota, but, like, I could also see you losing to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Phoenix, I mean, Phoenix is better than you. Utah, hey, we'll see in a couple days. And Golden State, I'm not picking you to beat Golden State in a must-win game. Yeah, it's rough right now, man. Rough. Back-to-back, they got San Antonio tonight. Boy, oh, boy. If they lose tonight, boy, oh, boy. San Antonio's in town. They're favored by eight. We and got we're a- exactly where we have been. We're right around the eighth pick in the draft. <laughs> Yay! Not bad enough to get it. Hey, well, Shaden was seven. Shaden's had a pretty good rookie year. You're I would taking say. those points, aren't you? Oh, you take those points. How do you uh, not take those points? You're taking the points. This team really stinks right now. San Antonio stinks. is bad. Now that is true. San Antonio You're is not wrong. Bad. You're not wrong. They want to be bad. All Pop has to show him is the second half and just go. <laughs> Just drive to the rim. Just drive to the rim. They don't have to take a three tonight. As bad as this team is, this team that they're playing is seven games worse. Seven games worse. All right, hold on. I want to do a quick fun game. What is their record right now? Who? The Blazers. 21 and 25. 21 and 25. Okay, hold on. I'm looking at somebody wanted to know what their record was at this point last year. It's not. I don't think it's that far off. So they were, see, they were about, they were 20 and 26. Yeah. 20 and 27, 20 and 28. They're one game difference. They're one game difference from where they were last year. That's a good tweet. Yeah, they were, yeah, 19 and 26. With a healthy game, a healthy Jeremy Grant, a healthy Anthony Simons, and now a healthy GP2. The Blazers are one game better through 46 games than they were a year ago when nobody was playing and they they were starting to, like, flirt with the tank. Hooray. Yeah, and at that point Lillard had been hurt. He got hurt on December 29th. So if yeah. you're just playing the scheduling game, I mean he had there's 10 games in there that he was already hurt. And uh, he's only he's missed like 9, 10 games I, I want to say this year. In the year he missed a few, yeah. So you're you're about where you were last year. And then yeah. ended with the 7th overall pick. They take on the Spurs tonight. We got a lot to get to in the NFL uh, in the final hour including boy oh boy did Philly look impressive. How, how much do we make of the uh, Mahomes ankle injury, a high ankle sprain? Jacksonville comes up just short in Kansas City. We'll dive into the rest of the NFL playoffs. We'll do it in the final hour next on the fam. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 